When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's a new season for pit soccer, men's and women's, and we are thrilled to be covering it right here on Olympic Gold and Blue on the Pit Talk Network. Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Corey Cohen, in this first ever soccer-themed episode of Olympic Gold and Blue on the Pit Talk Network. And I am thrilled to be welcoming in Dominic Campbell of Pittsburgh Sports Now and Pittsburgh Soccer Now, a man who covers both pit men's and women's soccer, to talk about these two teams. Dominic, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Thanks, Corey. Happy to be here. So uh, we're going to be talking about both men's and women's basketball. We're going to start with the men, then move on to the women. Uh, So last year with the men's soccer team, they had a phenomenal season. They've been great for years. They beat number one Kentucky in Lexington uh, en route to the College Cup, the Final Four, where they lost to Indiana 2-0. It was a difficult loss, but the fact that Pitt made a Final Four is incredible. They did it in volleyball and in soccer all in the same uh, time span. So coming off of last year's team, they had a sensational squad last year. What is it that changed from last year to this year? What did they lose from last year's team that might hurt them? And then perhaps uh, did they gain some uh, significant players? Well, they lost about seven starters from last year. I mean, players like Jackson Walty, who had the most minutes ever played for the program in midfield, very stalwart player, great defensive midfielder, really was just a leader on the team. Uh, Valentin Noel, a uh, fantastic attacking midfielder, also plays a forward, but somewhat of a striker. Um, he scored that winning goal in the Elite Eight to put them in the College Cup, so he'll be missed. And Bert- Berton Jacasson, um, a left winger or just a winger in general, really incredibly fast, great on the ball, and he uh, – scored some great goals as well throughout his pit career. And uh, those three players will especially be missed for the pit team. Um, what did they gain? Well, they got a lot of new players. I think they have about 16, 17 new players on the team. Uh, a few new French kids that uh, Jay seems to like a lot. And uh, Abdoulaye Touré and Raphael Silly, they're both freshmen. Um, you have Fabian Grau, who's German. He's 25, but is listed as a grad student. So he's played in the German's men's league. So very strong defender. Um you have other players like Albert Thorson, um, Norwegian, who Jay Vidovich is incredibly high on. He's a, He can work as a striker, but also on both left and right wing. So he's incredibly uh, – he's very talented. He scored the first goal of the season for Pitt against Penn State in a great match, like I said, we'll talk about. And uh, some other players I think people should know. I mean, the players that come back from last year, uh, Jackson Gilman, a uh, fantastic freshman last year. He's a sophomore now. He'll be a leader on that defensive line as a – or just defensive – uh, back four as a center back. Um, Philip Markovic, one of the best midfielders in the country, incredible first touch, incredible vision. Um, he'll be leading in the midfield. And Mikey Sullivan, a uh, former Whoopi player, 
played for Deer Lakes and is now in his second season. He'll be starting a lot. He's going to be assuming that Jackson multi-role is a defensive midfielder. I like him more in the, in the attack, but if Jay believes he can assume that role in Jack, as Jackson multi did, then I'm assuming he knows best because Giovinovich has built a great program here. Um, and I guess Mateo Mayafo, he's a left back. He did pretty well last year filling in after Mohamed Abulnadi went down for the season in late September. So he's another player that brings back experience. So those four players that I just spoke about are the players that have experience. And there's a lot of other players that are going to come in and fill the different roles, but just the three games in, it's still interesting to see how everything's playing out. Yeah, it's really interesting because you talk about Jay Vidovich, who, as you said, he's he's really built an incredible program. When he was hired, he was touted as a great hire. And it's been kind of amazing because he really has lived up to the hype and the reputation of, of when he was hired, that he built this program up to not just one great year, but consistency. Uh, can you talk about some of, I mean, really the accomplishment that he's been able to do by turning Pitt a program that hasn't had a long history of success in men's soccer and not necessarily a hotbed for recruiting that he's turned this program into a consistent dominant force in NCAA men's soccer. Yeah. Jay um, Vidovich is incredibly a hire by beloved Pitt athletic director, Scott Barnes. I'm pretty sure fans yep. love him very well. Huh? Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny actually when he left, I think everyone, obviously Kevin Stallings, that's the number one thing. But yeah. I do think everyone at the time said he did get one thing right, and that was Jay Vidovich. It was a great yeah. yeah, I mean, Jay's been great. Um, he was incredibly successful during his time at Wake Forest, has won a national title there, and numerous college cups, elite eights, you name it there. And he came to Pitt and had an even tougher challenge. He had to build a program that had never really seen success ever. Um, they hadn't won an ACC game until he came in. It, it still took him a, a, two, a second season to get that win. Um, but really just taking time and b- building a process. He brought, brought in players like Edward Kiza and Alexander Dexter to start that process of getting the team competitive in that 2017 season. Then in 2018, they imp- improved. And then 2019, you see that breakthrough. They make it to the uh, NCAA tournament for the first time in, I think, 54 years. I think 1965 was the last time they had prior to that. So Quite a long drought. Yeah, yeah. so he's already the best coach by a mile in Pittman soccer history. And he has also been able to get a lot of Whippeo players as well. I mean, he got last year, he brought Josh Lucchini as a grad transfer from uh, uh, Lehigh, who he originally played at North Allegheny. Um, at, we just spoke about Michael Sullivan, um, played for Deer Lakes, as I just said, and uh, – even McIntyre is another player played for Charleroi. Uh, it's a bit south of Allegheny County, a bit out up the way there, but it is a Whitfield school. He, did, he was incredible there. Um, and he's been playing as a winger and also in defense. So another player to look out for, not to do that. But I mean, Jay Vidovich has just um, had a great support staff uh, and he's had a great supporting cast with players. He's been able to t- tell them to believe in what he wants to see with this program. And obviously with three straight elite eights and two college cups in the last three seasons, I think, it's obvious to see what he's achieved here. It's really been incredible. Uh, uh, it, it's really been incredible. Dom, if if you could narrow it down, and I know this is difficult, to one or two players that you think will be the linchpin, will be the difference makers for this year, the player, the, the player or players who could lead this team to potentially a national championship, who would that you know, one, maybe two players be? Well, it's got to be Philip Markovic. I mean, he's a, he's a leader, and uh, in that game against Penn State, I'm, I don't know if we'll talk about it yet, but we haven't talked about it yet, but he got a red card. It was a bit 
silly to me that they gave him one, even though everyone else was already a part of the you know big skirmish. But I mean, he's a leader. He's so he's so good on the ball. It's incredible to watch. But um, if he can get this team going offensively and do pretty decently defensively, he's going to be one of those players you you have to think that is going to be a great a, the main reason they make it there. I think. But like last year, the reason they made it there was really defensively. I mean, if you look through the games, they rarely give many goals. They had a lot of games where they drew, but once it got to November, they they were able to attack pretty well and then also defend well enough that, you know, the only game they didn't defend, I guess, great was that Indiana game. But, I mean, you still made it to the College Cup. You can't be mad about a season like that after, I mean, I'm, well, what Pitt has never achieved before. So, I mean, I'll take a college. Be- yeah, beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's got to be Philip Merkovic. If he's healthy and he's ready to go, he's the best player in this team. It's not really close, I don't think. Fantastic. So talking early this season, it's been very early. Uh, this is just the, the very beginning of September now. Pitt, as we're recording this, 1-1-1. One, one, and one. They had a draw against Penn State in front of a massive crowd. And uh, then most recently, they went on the road in Washington, D.C. at Georgetown, and they lost. So not the ideal start that they were hoping for when you've got Penn State, Georgetown on the schedule, and you start 1-1-1, one, one, and one, obviously difficult competition. But can you talk about what you've seen so far from this team challenging themselves early and uh, getting out of the gate to this record? They're still figuring things out, I think. Um, and sort of an interesting fact to it, I guess not a nice one, but they gave it four goals today, which is the first time they gave them that many goals since they gave it five goals to Georgetown in 2019. And Georgetown ended up winning the national title. But my point being is defensively, Pitt's been very good. And that's one of the main reasons why they've been so good the past three seasons. And so I think they need to figure out things a bit more defensively and also just figuring out players got to figure out the roles. And then Jay's sort of looking at what players are doing. And even though you can say, oh, this player's really good how they perform in the team and how they do in games is a lot different than like what you might envision is. So it's still early and it's good that Pitt's playing good teams. I think as much as a four, one loss at Georgetown is good. Georgetown's one of the best teams at home in the country. So you'll take a big loss like that to, you know, get you back down to earth and keep you sort of looking at what the team needs. And I think that, I mean, they got Marshall next week and they got a really good non-conference schedule in the ACC, of course, Wake Forest on Saturday next week so i mean they, they're really gonna have to figure things out sooner sooner rather than later i think but they're, they're still a good team they got players there it's just if they can figure it out i think they'll be good but hope they got to figure it out i suppose you'd hope earlier rather than like too late yeah it's it's pretty amazing the fact that looking at the schedule they just started they played three matches and right around the corner is the acc schedule so it definitely doesn't give them much time normally in a college soccer season, you kind of want to give yourself more time and you can give yourself more time to schedule difficult non-conference opponents, figure things out, try different things, have the new players adjust. In this case, it really seems like they've got a very small window. Not that if you lose one ACC match, it's the end of the road, but obviously once you get into conference play, those games matter that extra bit more. And they don't have much time until they uh, head into that and, and the games really start uh, counting. Yeah, I mean, that Penn State game was incredible. The atmosphere was brilliant. Um, really showed what a great rivalry those two schools have, despite them not having won the football for some reason. Not the game's <laughs> bad, I mean, That's the very players, different. Yeah. yeah, the players are kicking each other and really going at it. It meant a lot. I think it meant a lot to the fans and the players. And Jay was like, yeah, we need to be doing this. He tr- He told me as well. Prior to the season, they wanted to do the a West Backyard Brawl again. They would have played in Morgantown, but because of scheduling issues, it didn't work. So 
having a big rivalry like that, throwing those freshmen and those new international players like straight into the fire, essentially baptizing them into college soccer. And what, it's one what, heck of a first ever match. But I think that's really, really important because if you can do that, the ACC games, while those teams are very good, I think you'll be ready for those kind of environments and those kind of teams. So, I mean, they did play Howard on Monday and they beat them 5-0, which is, you know, fine. Everyone gets to, gets to play and you get to see different things. But the, the games against Penn State and Georgetown are going to, and, and Marshall on Tuesday are going to be really, really beneficial as Pitt sort of creeps into that um, AC schedule full-time starting uh, against Wake Forest. I mean, they'll have some non-conference games interspersed throughout the rest of the schedule, but mostly um, those Friday night games and Saturday, Friday night games they'll be playing a big ACC opponent. So big and, games coming forward. And the- you see a, a phenomenal men's soccer conference. So uh, no easy opponents in that one. It's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, we're going to take a very quick break, hear a word from our sponsors, and be back in just a moment to talk about Pitt women's soccer. Back in a second. Okay, we are back. Uh, in a second, we'll talk about Pitt women's soccer. First, I want to tell you about an exciting contest Fans First Sports Network is running. Are you a fan of an NFL team? Would you love to attend your favorite team's week one game? If so, you are in luck. Fans First Sports Network is giving away four free tickets to the week one NFL game of your choice up to $5,000. The rules to enter are simple. You go to contest.fansfirstsports.com and fill out the appropriate information, and that's it. Once you've done that, you've been officially entered to win the four free tickets to any week one NFL game. Perhaps Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh. Just saying. Could be great. What are you waiting for? Go enter for your shot at seeing your favorite team in action. The contest ends on September 4th. So we are here with Dominic Campbell of Pittsburgh Sports Now and Pittsburgh Soccer Now. Uh, Dom, I want to talk about this Pitt women's soccer program, a team that they haven't quite gotten to the College Cup as the men's soccer team did last year. But this is another program that has been incredibly built up in recent years from what was not much of a program at all to now a very good one. One of the top programs in the country consistently ranked uh, for looking at last year, they made it to the NCAA tournament. They lost to uh, number five, fifth ranked Florida state in Tallahassee in the sweet 16 that ended their season. But since then they've had an interesting off season before we get to the differences in terms of the players from last year, let's talk about something that changed a little bit in the off season. And that is the incredible experience that head coach Randy Waldrum had down at the World Cup. Can we let, let's talk about that? I mean, what a run that he had. I mean, it was just wild even before the World Cup started. I mean, fighting with the Nigerian Football Federation about trying to get his players better pay, and also not just him, but him to get paid, and for the players to have better facilities and better just training, and looking at how other countries are doing doing better by their players. And I mean, it's really just highlighting a problem within women's soccer about the lack of investment and i'm glad that randy stood by himself and the players stood by him and people stood by him because he was right at the end of the day like you need this investment and then he took that camaraderie with his players into the world cup and they did really well i mean they made that round of 16 they beat australia on their own turf i mean that was incredible big big win and like they drew against canada and they and then that's a big they knocked canada out of the world cup and they also drew against Ireland. It's not easy games, and they all went in those games, and he got those results and took England to the final brink. They took took them to penalties, and they were so close and just unfortunately didn't make it further, but they were very, very good, very good defensively. 
Um, I thought they were going to be better on the attack, but defensively they're really good. They had, I think, two. I can't remember. It was two. Yeah, it was two. They had two clean sheets, or maybe three. But it was re- they were really great defensively, and I think that really just shows you how good Randy Waldrum is as a head coach, getting his players to buy in quickly because international breaks are not very long. Even the World Cup, it's still getting a lot of new players used to each other and just trying to get them ready to go. And he really did that. And Nigerian, he went from some of a pariah to a Nigerian soccer hero, I guess. I mean, the play, the fans love him. And um, if he stays around there, I think he could really do well and maybe win an African Cup of Nations. I think he could do really, really great things there in, in Nigeria if he stays. It, it was it was really cool. So he took that job a couple years ago, and it was not a full-time job. A lot of national team coaches, that's their only coaching job, even though the national team does not play year-round. They have international breaks and, and certain spurts where they play. But in his case, he was pulling double duty. He was still the head coach of Pitt Women's Soccer, and on the international breaks and you know, going off to coach the Nigerian national team, and then obviously all that goes into that throughout the year. and. I think there were a lot of people who were doubting him, who were questioning him. And then, as you said, he sort of got into it with the Nigerian Federation by the fact that they were not supporting their women's soccer team and their women's soccer players and their women's soccer coaching staff and all of that. And I think even going into this World Cup, there was a lot of skepticism. I think the Federation was probably looking for a reason to get rid of him and clean house. And he really shocked the world in that very first match. Just an incredible job. And as you said, in that group stage, they finished on top of Ireland, a very good team. And they finished on top of Canada, one of the best teams in the world in women's soccer. Christine Sinclair was knocked out in the group stage by Nigeria. It's absolutely incredible. A team that was picked to finish third, if not fourth in the group. And they finished second. And then, as you said, in that first round of the knockout stage, they nearly knocked out England team that that went all the way to the end so i mean one heck of a job from randy waldrum as you said it's unclear if he'll stay there or not but if he does i mean he really made a mark no matter what he does he made his mark in that world cup it was really a a phenomenal showing from him and from the nigerian national team yeah i mean it's really i think almost a culmination of what he's been able to achieve in the women's soccer game and he's been coaching for so long like since the late 70s early 80s he's coached women's and men's teams and at the same time at some points i mean mm-hmm. but he's also on the international stage he was with trinidad tobago almost got them into the world cup that would have been an incredible feat there but wasn't able to do that and he tried to be he wanted to be nigerian national coach earlier in his career i remember interviewing him prior to taking the pick coaching job not prior but once he took the pick coaching job in 2018 he spoke to me about wanting to be nigerian head coach so him being able to achieve that and also do so well at the world cup i mean I think the only thing left for him to achieve, if he could actually win a World Cup, I think he would just be one of the best coaches ever in the women's game, But especially with Nigeria. But, I mean, that's such a big ask. But I think he, he always wants to shoot for the top, and I think he's done so well at the women's college game. I think him doing well in the national stage just sort of validates how great of a head coach he's been for the last 30, 40 years at this level. Absolutely. So let's talk about the team he's got now in terms of club, and that is the Pitt women's soccer team. So I mentioned last year that they made it to the Sweet 16, lost in the NCAA tournament. What has changed? What are maybe some of the players that they might have lost from last year, but also maybe some key additions? They really haven't lost a lot. I think I think we're looking more at their, their additions, really. I think the fact that Amanda West is back, um, probably the best player in Pitt women's soccer history. She already has the most goals, so <laughs> I mean... She's in her Pretty fifth big, yeah. in the last season, and 
she scored two goals last night against Duquesne in a six-one win. Um, she, she, we spoke. I spoke to her yesterday. She was a bit frustrated with not scoring as many goals so far, and she was, she's got four and four games this season. You can already see how competitive she really is and how far she wants to go. I can't imagine not seeing her at the professional level. Um, she's such a great player, and it's really, I think, just her, and then also Sarah Shapansky has been great this season. Um, on the wing and Landy Mertz as well and Samia Fieri. Those are players like the pit attack is brilliant. They're such a good attacking team that I can't imagine them not scoring a lot of goals, even against ACC teams. I mean, we talk about the men's side having a good ACC conference. I mean, the women's side might be even better. So, um, yeah, it's incredibly exciting to see this team attacking. I think defensively, they're pretty stout. They, they really don't give up many chances for the most part. I mean, granted, they haven't played the best um non-conference opponents but i mean they did take on buffalo and they did pretty well against them a team they beat in the first round of the NCAA tournament last season on the road in the opening game this season uh i'm trying to think of what else but yeah i mean i think the one player we have to look at is uh deborah deborah Dunn, who is on the nigerian national team that randy waldron brought from nigeria to play for Pitt. she's a freshman she scored two goals last night as well um really great goal she's very technical and has great vision like randy randy told me that as well but it's great to see her score so i mean it seems like anybody in this team can score i mean i i don't understand how good they all are but it's that's the thing i'm looking at going forward i think pit fans should be as well just how good of an attacking team this is and how good they are at scoring goals i think is going to be the difference between them making it further in the NCAA tournament or not this season yeah and it's you talk about the ACC and how great it is. It really is phenomenal when it comes to women's soccer. When you talk about the best programs, not just right now, but in recent history, these these programs that have become synonymous with, with NCAA women's soccer, and you're talking about Florida State, you're talking about North Carolina, you're talking about Duke, you're talking about Virginia, Clemson has gotten really great, Notre Dame has gotten great obviously Pitt now in the mix. That's not even counting Stanford, arguably the best program in uh, in women's college soccer that's going to be coming to the ACC. So it's an incredibly difficult task. But as you said, this is a really deep team. And you mentioned Amanda West, as you said, you can make you can't really make a case against her being the best player in the history of the program. I was going to say you could make a case for her. You really can't make a case against it. How far do you think she can go in terms of what she can achieve in college and in this, her last year, and then moving forward, as you mentioned, a player that that could very possibly go pro play in the NWSL and and really succeed at the professional level as well. I mean, she's so talented. I think one of my favorite aspects about her is how she's not afraid to take anybody on and will just like run straight out of defense. And even for talented strikers and forwards and wingers, attackers, they might be a little, you know, hesitant about just straight up running at someone, but she's very strong. She's got, she's pretty good for her size. Um, she's about five, 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 six. So pretty strong in that area. She, she knows how to use her body pretty well. I know that season ending injury last year was really, um, disappointing, at least for her, from her perspective, she's spoken about how disappointing it was and just trying to now get over that mentally and just keep playing at a high level as she did prior to that. So I think as long as she stays healthy, I mean, the, I would say the sky's the limit. I know that's kind of cliche, but I mean, she really does have the talent to go. She's good at scoring, can shoot really well, knows where to be on the pitch. It's kind of everything you need out of a striker. So I, I don't think there's really anything in her game that's really there's a weakness really. Yeah, you really, you really as you said, it's cliche, but you really cannot put a cap on what she can accomplish. She is tremendously talented. Pitt's been lucky to have her for the last few years and is very lucky lucky to get her for one more. 
So let's talk about the early part of this season, Pitt women's soccer. Now they haven't played the same level of competition that the men's soccer has played, but they've come out of the gate incredibly strong. Five and O record to start. A lot of these games have been blowouts. As you mentioned, the goals have just been flying. So what have you seen from this team in their first five matches? Yeah, I think I've kind of spoken already just how good of attacking they really are. I know, like I said, that you know that they are five and zero. They have played haven't played maybe the best teams, but I mean, they 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 have the players who go and score goals, and they've just done just that. I mean, it, they they just sort of suffocate teams with how fast they can just get on the uh, the break, and also just how more talented the players are. I think even the game against Duquesne, even though Duquesne didn't play terribly, a few mistakes here and there, Pitt is able to quickly take advantage of that and go forward and just score goals. I mean, that's what makes a really good team. They separate how to separate yourself from being a decent team and a great team. It's just being able to quickly take advantage of other teams mistakes and being able to quickly set yourself up, go and attack and go score goals. And the pit's been able to do that this year really well. They have very few weaknesses. The only weakness I've seen from them is just set pieces. Um, Randy's been a bit annoyed with that, but I mean, they came after being up 2-1 last night. They scored four goals in the second half, really hammered at home that they need to be a bit, bit, bit better. And I think they're really holding themselves to a really high standard. And I think the Sweet 16 is almost a minimum for them. They really want to reach that Elite Eight College Cup sort of territory. And I think, again, everybody stays healthy. Players stay good. They have the veterans. They have the new new, new incomers that are going to be able to build this team going forward. And I think it's going to be a great season for anyone that's watching pit soccer. And it's been good so far, obviously. Well, it's really exciting. Again, so far, they're undefeated. Their last two matches, they've won by a grand total of 10 goals cumulatively. It's uh, It's been a really thrilling beginning to the season, and it should be great moving forward. Pitt men's soccer, as we're recording this, ranked 8th in the country. Pitt women's soccer ranked 21st in the country. To have both teams ranked and have it be, again, fairly consistent over the last few years that these have been two of the better teams in the nation, it's really special what's been accomplished when it comes to pit soccer men's and women's in these last few years i i think i don't know if some fans aren't paying attention or maybe they pay attention just during the ncaa tournament but these are two programs that have been incredibly successful in recent years and i think fans cannot take it for granted how special it is to have both the men's and women's teams at this level of success yeah i mean pit athletics was kind of a dumpster fire for so long prior to I mean, really, the last five, six years, they really just were not good at anything besides football and men's basketball. And what we saw at men's basketball was for the last few seasons there. Thankfully, the better <laughs> thing is like it was either those two teams are the only teams that mattered. And I get to some extent most fans only care about those two programs. But in reality, a good athletics program in the ACC cares about well everything. You can't just be bad at a sport and be like, this is okay. And clearly, Heather Lake has shown that she's not okay with that because she fired three head coaches last season. I mean, there's no, I mean, sometimes things aren't always going to work out, but you have to be able to make changes quickly and always try to make the best hire if you can. I think she's done that. She's also supported head coaches with things they needed, you know, giving extensions to Narduzzi and also just making sure that like Vitovich and Randy Waldrum are taken care of. Those things are important for building a good soccer program, right? So I think having those two teams really great and not only just good, but like nationally ranked and, making college cups. I mean, that's, that's a very big deal. I remember Pittsburgh's being kind of a joke for the most part, outside of football, men's basketball, and for so many programs being so good right now. I mean, if you're a fan of Pitt athletics, there hasn't been a better time in your lifetime, I think to be a Pitt fan in terms of the totality of how good all the teams are. Completely agree. This is from top to bottom, the best that Pitt athletics has been. And it's really been incredible 
in large part due to the leadership of Heather Like, who either hired a lot of these coaches or in other cases, she's kept them here. And the fact that you've got coaches like Jay Vitovich and Dan Fisher with volleyball who've turned their programs into top handful of programs in the nation and they've stayed at pit. That speaks a lot to what Heather like and what the athletic department as a whole has been able to do to not just attract talent, but then also keep them once they're in Pittsburgh. And, uh, and it's really been impressive. Dominic, I want to thank you so much for coming on. And uh, this is, this is the first, but it's definitely not going to be the last time you are covering pit soccer men's and women's for Pittsburgh sports. Now Pittsburgh soccer now, and uh, you really are there constantly. You're up close and personal with this team. Uh, really no better person to to talk to or, or to read when it comes to following pit soccer. Yeah, I'm around. Uh, I'll be at almost every men's soccer game this season. Um, so I'll be at a few women's soccer games when I can, obviously big season. I got volleyball as well. So it'll, it'll be a great pit sports season. I don't think, this might be the best yet. And last year was great. I mean, we had two final four teams last year for athletics and men's basketball became relevant again. And football wasn't as bad as they could have been. So <laughs> <laughs> this could be even better. So yeah, it's really just getting started though. It, it's really amazing. Yeah. The fact that in, in both cases, men's and women's soccer, they had these incredible results last year and both of them are expecting and aiming to get better. This isn't, Oh, that was the peak and we're not going to be able to achieve that again. That was that's just another year. This year, we're going to improve on that. And that's the goal. And it's been really incredible to see. Uh, Dominic, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we You can follow him uh, on Twitter um, at uh, Dom is money. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and again, check out his stuff on Pittsburgh Sports Now, Pittsburgh Soccer Now. Uh, again, thank you so much for coming on. We will see you again. Uh, right here on Olympic Gold and Blue, we will have episodes out midweek throughout the fall talking uh, about pit soccer, pit volleyball, all these Olympic sports that are doing so well at the University of Pittsburgh. That will do it for this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the Pit Talk Network wherever you get your podcasts. You will get the podcast as soon as they are out for all the episodes of Olympic Gold and Blue, as well as all the other great shows we have. Again, thank you so much to my guest, Dominic Campbell. Until next time, I'm Corey Cohen, signing off on the Pit Talk Network.